All right, we are live here on the uh, Fandalorian Friday. Um, not, not. I mean, just just another episode in the Mandalorian season two. No big deal here. Um, we're going to talk yeah, about very, really cool very much a filler. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just an episode to kind of get through. Probably about a half hour, so not not too long on this end. If that. Um, but uh, yeah, we got the whole crew to here to talk about this very very small episode in the Mandalorian season two. Uh, we got Jacob. Uh, we got Gio, we got Brian, uh, I'm Jake, uh, your host here on the Fandalorian Club. But uh, yeah, welcome everybody to um, the final Fandalorian Friday uh, here for quite a bit. Uh, we have we do have a lot of new series coming out, and there will be a lot more Fandalorian Club episodes down the road. But for now, um, the show will end here as season two ends. Um, uh, and yeah, so we're going to get into it. This episode titled The Rescue, episode eight of season two, chapter 16, uh, my fucking goodness, do we have <laughs> so to talk I'm sorry, I can't. I just can't. I had to get that one out of the way. Um, but yeah, so uh, before we get into anything, Mandalorian, how, how's everybody doing on this Friday? It's, it's weekend officially. Um, how's everybody hanging out? I know Jake and I are in good moods. Yeah, we next week vacation. off. Yeah, I got 10 days off, which is going to be real nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, when it rains, it pours, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. And in a, in a good way, I mean. Yes, yes. Gio, how you doing? So much. Good. It's uh, bittersweet, you know. Uh, I'm so happy to talk about this episode, but at the same time, it's like, damn, no more, no more Mandalorian yeah, for that's true. another year, you know. So, but hey, we got plenty of content between now and then. Two years worth of content, movies, TV, and all that. So, I'm excited, man. Let's get this going. Yeah. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, look, we have a lot to talk about. Typically, how we run this show is we we, we usually try to go chronologically, um, just kind of run through the episode, and we will for the most part. Uh, but there's definitely going to be things that pop up while we're talking because so much happened um, in this episode, and so much is kind of like uh, meaningful uh, for not just with this episode, but also stuff down the road. And so let's let's just dive into it, guys. And I want to get initial reactions. Don't we don't need to talk about anything specific that happened in the episode. Um, but let's, uh, let's just, you know, initial reactions, few sentences, how you felt beforehand, how you felt afterwards, did or during the middle, all that type of stuff. Brian, I'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, so I had spoiled to me, like most people that Peyton Reed was directing it. So my first initial reaction was, oh, okay. Not who I expected. That is not the name I was thinking when you guys were talking about it on the watch along last night. No. And so when I saw that, I went, okay, I guess. Um, afterwards, I, my jaw was on the ground for like a solid hour. <laughs> it was just like, did that really just happen? Like really? Or like, there's no way. There's no way that that happened. And they did that. I'm pretty sure I like swore on everything that there's no way you know who would show up. And <laughs> couldn't have been more wrong. But yeah, at my mouth was just like, I, the people above me probably heard me scream. <laughs> it was just like, it was insane. I'll get to that super chat here in just a second. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of cool things to talk about in this episode. Uh, Jacob, what about you, man? I was I was excited, obviously, but uh, I was more excited to see 
you know, Moff Gideon and the Darksaber and the battle go down and what happens to Grogu. I was not expecting a lot of stuff. There's something that happened with that that blew my mind. They could have not had the big thing at the end and still I would have been jaw on the floor, to be honest. So that's saying something. And then I, I like for a moment... I couldn't breathe near the end of this episode. Like <laughs> I just, I, I see, I had to pause it and like take a deep breath and then press play again. I seriously did. And the, I, by the end of it, I'm just like, wow, they, they delivered. And the thing is too often with some of these like franchises, we don't get like what we want. <laughs> and I feel satisfied in that we did this time. I just wish I could have seen Jacob go. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Geo. Well, similar to Brian, I, uh, well, I didn't have the name spoiled to me, but when I saw the name, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, uh, we'll see. Uh, by the end of the episode, I became more of a fan of Peyton Reed, so that's a positive. Um, it was a very good episode with very great moments. Um, so it, it, I don't think it was the best of the whole season. Oh, yeah. My God, <laughs> oh, my God! Like, where, where do where do they go next? I can't wait to see. Um, yeah, we're gonna get into it. We'll we'll get we'll get very no, I, specific. Yes, and we'll, we'll we'll dive into kind of where it can head towards the end of the episode after after we talk about this episode itself. Um, yep. Before I get to my thoughts, I want to get to the super super chat. Uh, Kylie, thank you so much for the donation. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, she says, "Hey guys, what an episode! So much better than Man of Steel. This is probably the most emotional episode ever. That end scene between Grogu and Mando. Oh my God, the Book of Boba Fett. Oh my God, Luke Skywalker was <laughs> epic." Um, uh yeah i mean look we're gonna get into that and we're gonna start off just kind of running through the beginnings of the episode a little bit and there's some meaningful stuff in here but we start off in this episode with um with a cool chase scene uh between um boba fett and the slave one uh it's a chase scene right am i mistaken by that am i no well they don't initially start out because it's that yeah so they're chasing that there's so much that happened i forgot that that uh pershing was being chasing it so slave one um they're chasing dr pershing and the two pilots in the uh in the lambda shuttle and they eventually go to board they get uh dr pershing and um he is used to essentially help them in this quest to get back uh grogu on gideon's ship because he kind of knows the ins and outs and he studied grogu stuff like that um some very interesting stuff in there and then we go to uh, we kind of shift gears after the Pershing stuff and we land on a planet and they find Bo-Katan. Uh, we see a sick ass Mandalorian shuttle there, that Bo-Katan ship. So cool. Uh, and then we obviously see Slave One as well with the Lambda shuttle. Um, and some really cool moments here between these characters because we get four Mandalorians in this bar with Din and Boba showing up uh, with uh, Bo-Katan. And I always forget Sasha Banks' character. Um, does anybody have her name? Oh, oh, Koska, uh, Koska, uh, Jacob, good, great, great job, Koska. Uh, that is her name, Koska. Um, yeah, this scene is very. There's a lot of good stuff inside this scene. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening inside the scene. Obviously, we have the action scene between uh, Boba and Koska, which some really, really cool stuff in there. 
Um, we get the comments between Pocatan and, and Boba as well. The fact that uh, she calls Django a, a, a donor. Um, he calls her princess. Like all of this stuff that's happening inside the scene, this dialogue stuff. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. Just the kind of opening the scene, the sequence, the setting up of all this. And obviously the big bar sequence between these characters. And Jacob, I'll go to you first. I thought it was cool. I mean, I I love that they are not pretending that there's not other lore in this galaxy. Like, I think, and I I like this the sequel trilogy, and I know you do too, Jake, and Brian does too. Geo's iffy on it, but I I feel like they kind of ignored everything other than the you know the pre or the original trilogy until Rise of Skywalker, and this. Now with Mandalorian, they're like, nope, this is all one thing. And it's like, it's not forced. It's just seamless. It makes sense that Boba Fett's part of this story. It makes sense that Bo-Katan's part of here. And I love that they're talking about how he was a clone. And I've heard your voice a thousand times. And I, I love that dialogue. And uh, I know a lot of people had a problem with that fight, though, between Boba Fett and, and Casca. I don't know how you guys... About it, a lot of people are saying no way she had a chance against Boba Fett. But my argument is, we don't know this character, we don't know how good of a fighter she is. So, who's who's to say? Yeah, Boba's got a dad bod, you know. We we have no idea. Um, I will say to what Jacob just said about uh, about the clone, the clone line, uh, the clone line was was fantastic. I loved it, yeah. But Boba's response was even better. This could be your last, Mm -hmm. like, that was great. It's such a Boba thing to say. Like, it is so perfect. Tamir Morrison just absolutely kills it. But yes, Jacob, you're right. Calling back to things in the past. And they've done a great job with that over time in this series. Obviously, Bo-Katan comes from the Clone Wars series. Yeah. So that's a big addition there. Uh, going to the clones with not just that series, but the prequels as well. Big deal. Uh, Gio, what about you, man? Everything leading up to this bar sequence before we kind of get to the master plan and, and you know, sieging Moff Gideon's ship. What do you think to this point? Okay, so that chase sequence in the beginning... So under one of the more underrated uh, sequences in this whole episode, just the shot of the slave one rising to like the eye level of the pilots. That was awesome. And then I don't know the actor's name, but the Imperial pilot who is like pushing uh, Gina. He's from Agents from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I, and I'll grab his name right now. Yeah, he was like really trying to get underneath her skin, and I argue, I would argue that she, uh, he did. Um, it immediately set the tone that hey, this is not just uh, you know some mission where these guys are going to easily take out these Imperial pilots. This guy was willing to like you know go to the very end to protect this asset. You know, somebody who the High Republic sees as very important. And I thought, man, way to put some great effort into that and just immediately set the tone for the whole episode. And I love the uh, bar fight between Boba Fett and Koska. Koska Reeves. Yes, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have people complaining online. Like, so what? Dude, I mean, they were using their flamethrowers against each other. Like, what? It's be- what? They, so they, cool. Look, there's just a bunch of fanboys who are upset because a female Mandalorian might be able to go toe to toe with Boba Fett. Okay. Well, people just, think that nobody can beat Boba stop, Fett. Stop. It's not true. Yeah. It, he, it, I mean, to, to this point, he has always been known as like the Mandalorian, but we're learning that he's not the Mandalorian. 
there are better people out there that are maybe a little bit more skilled, a little bit more tactical. Um, he may be the most known, but that doesn't mean someone like Costco Reeves can't, you know, beat him at a fight. I mean, she could be more agile. She can fight a different that gets under his weaknesses. And it clearly showed because she threw him around a little bit. And it was awesome. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. You know, was some standouts from the first part. Great way to start the episode. Uh, that pilot, his name is Thomas E. Sullivan. Thomas E. Sullivan. Um, he played the bad guy in season seven of Ages of Shield, Nathaniel Malik. Um, yeah, I was, I was very, um, and I'll say this right off the top too, because it's it's one of the things I didn't like about the episode. But I could not stand Gina Carano's acting this episode, um, personally. Okay, sorry. Finish. Finish. Um, no, no, I was just gonna say I, I thought she was limited to a lot of like one line dialogue pieces and for me it just like never landed like never landed um but i did like that her character shot him in the face i thought that was really oh, yeah. a, a good she, move. Like, destroyed his whole face <laughs> yeah and then she just like walked away like she just full-on walked away um it it played to what was happening at the moment so but yeah i, I again to what geo just said uh that that chasing the uh, i mean seeing the slave one back in action is out is awesome like the sound effects of the guns the way it flies just everything about it the way that like when the when the lambda shuttle was stalled and it came up, uh, just like you know, kind of rising above the other ship was amazing. Um, the opening scene, the bar fight was awesome. Some really cool stuff in there. Uh, and the biggest takeaway from all of that is is we're starting to kind of and it obviously bled into the rest of the episode, but we're very much getting a different Bo-Katan from what we expected. She's a little bit darker. She kind of has this violent nature to her because she's very desperate. Um, and you could tell that the second that, that Din had mentioned the dark saber or, or Gideon rather that, that he had the child and that she had a chance at the dark saber, her whole intention flipped. Um, and so, and obviously again, we'll talk about it later on too, but, uh, uh, Brian, real quick, before I get to you, just real quick, Kylie put out another super chat. Thank you again, Kylie. Uh, so much better than doomsday that Luke scene. Um, uh Kylie, you are you're you're just you're you're wait you're just picking you're picking at it right now. You're picking at it. Hey, look, um, let me say one thing. <laughs> the CGI on Doomsday looks so much better than, than the CGI. We'll, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Yeah, okay. We'll to that. Um Brian, thoughts on the uh the opening of all this? Uh so I actually really liked the the face-off kind of scene with Dr. Pershing. Um yeah. that was pretty much the only part I liked gina carano in i mean she didn't really say anything she just stood there looked pissed off but uh, yeah db that's a hundred percent um this that's dom by the way guys oh, oh. hi dom what's up dom what's up, um i it sucked because i hate gina carano but i love her character that's it's it like i like the character of cara dune like this badass that's her name uh, yeah uh, i keep forgetting sorry that's okay uh <laughs> okay, she's very forgettable yeah i liked the i love her story that she's an alderanian uh orphan if you will and all that um so i love her survivor well, yeah, they're it's technically like orphans. I mean, she 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 has she survived the planet. Yeah, but they don't have. Destroyed. They don't have. She doesn't have anyone anymore. That's where I was getting. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a survivor of the planet destruction. Yeah, but she doesn't have family, so she's kind of an orphan now. Um, but I I, I was kind of hoping Doctor Pershing's like ear would get burnt off 
and they'd show like him like that, um, showing like how close she took the shot, you know? Um, but yeah, the whole opening, Bo-Katan kind of being a, excuse my French, but she was kind of being a bitch a little bit, like kind of like giving sass back to him until she heard what she was interested in, which is a chance at the dark saber. Um, so she is very much, she only cares about one thing and, uh, we know how that ends up. I'm kind of like annoyed though, that where's wolf. Uh, I, I think, I think it'll be answered. It, there's a lot of stuff that'll be answered in the future. I don't think it. I don't think it's important enough to be answered, honestly. Just like, but, I'm sure, but what I'm saying is, I'm sure we'll see him again. So yeah. Oh no, 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 I know that. But like, I, I kind of, the way they were introduced, I felt like they were like always together. Like those three are always. They never leave each other's side. So when I saw them separated, I was like, oh wait, where's mm-hmm. the other one? He, but he was, like I, it, what? He was in the bathroom, man. <laughs> he didn't go to the mission. But um, maybe he got stuck in the toilet. I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, it's not something enough for me to care. I was just kind of like, oh, where's that guy? Um, but yeah, I actually loved the her going up against Boba. I thought that scene. I, I will say this now. Um, Sasha Banks is way better of an actress than Gina Carano is. Yeah, Sasha Banks is really good. She is killing it and i would absolutely love to see her as a regular on this show me too at that point i think she is doing a great job with the lines and the and the purpose that she has been given so far obviously like dom had said you know she she has the ability to do scenes like she does because she's a wrestler um you know that's very much acting but also very physical acting at the same time um and so it's it's a huge advantage to have her in this type of role but she's really surprising me with her actual acting uh and so i'm i would be stoked to see her around more plus i think the the character of Costca reeves is really cool especially uh kind of like a like a, a right hand man a right hand woman rather to bokatan um yeah i would love to see her in the future and hopefully you know we'll talk about it later but where this series goes we could end up seeing a lot of her yeah um, she's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters on this show yeah plus plus she looks like a badass in that armor mm-hmm. uh, her armor is really really cool um okay so from this scene from this sequence we kind of get a little planning sequence with all, with the entire group we see them on the ship and they're planning their kind of siege if you will onto gideon's cruiser um his light cruiser and the whole cruise there you can see uh you know cardoon back there you see fennec uh bubba's up in the ship boba's up in the ship excuse me Casca pershing over there on the left hand side din and uh din and Bo. Um, and from here, we just see essentially the landing on the ship. We see how it works. They take the Lambda shuttle. They're acting as the Imperials and they squeeze their way into the ship. Really cool docking station on the ship. It's in the front, not on the side. Um, and it's a really narrow passage, which is really cool. Cool little scene there. Um, and you see the, they kind of have this plan where, where Boba is essentially acting like he's attacking them. Um, and they send the TIE fighters out and then Brian, like you called last week, we see it this week. He he reverses his cannons up against the Tie Fighters, and they get blown to smithereens um, from Boba. Uh, really good. Again, another cool action scene from the Slave One. Um, and from here, we kind of see the ass of a pilot. Yeah, Bo- Boba Boba's ridiculous. It's just it's unfair <laughs> how absolutely good he is at everything he does, and we're seeing it on display multiple times. But that's the last time we see him in the episode um, up until the very end, which we will definitely be talking about. Um, and so it's this whole entire crew, including Fennec, Cardoon, Bo, Koska, 
uh, and Din um, that are making their way through this light cruiser. Din goes his separate way where the four ladies go theirs. And we see this kind of advancement on the light cruiser where the four women get to the um, get to the operations uh, at the center of the ship. And Din works his way to shut down the dark troopers. We learn of the dark troopers. We learn that they're third generation, that they took out the human side of it, that they're just droids. Um, and no word of whether or not they're best car. Uh, we can definitely talk about that, but no word of whether or not they are or not. So we kind of got this intimidation factor from Pershing as far as describing what they are, where they're held, that type of stuff, how long it takes for them to kind of charge up. Um, and then the next big thing that really happens in this, other than like the siege of the of the do of the operations center, um, cool action scenes between Bo and, and all those characters taking down stormtroopers, stuff like that. But it's this. Um, Din faces off against a dark trooper. Um and he has an extremely hard time facing off against this dark trooper as he's getting absolutely pummeled into the side of the ship in the hallway. Um, this is the next big thing that we can talk about here because for the first time ever, um, whether it's Din, another Mandalorian, they were 1,000% outmatched. 1,000% outmatched in every facet of the fight. Um, he was getting his ass handed to him completely until he pulled out the Beskar staff. Um, and at that point, he just kind of got a lucky shot from what we saw. Um, but he was not able – I mean, uh, the whistling birds were not able to do anything. The flame fl flamethrower didn't do anything. We got that really cool shot of, of the dark trooper on fire. Like, it didn't affect him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let's let's talk about the scene a little bit because it had some big impacts. Obviously, the intimidation factor about learning how big and bad the dark troopers are. Um, Jacob, I'll go to you on this first, man. What did you think of the scene? I – I really liked it, man, because it showed how it established how dangerous these things are. And I, I was wondering how he's going to get out of it. And he, I mean, obviously he has the best car spear. So, so that was able to do some damage. And I thought it was really cool because it set up the rest of the episode and I was bothered. I thought that was the last of the dark troopers. Me too. Finally. I was like, really? Like, yeah. that's it? Okay. Uh, but it's no set up. You really didn't think they, nope. that they were done? It's I, And look, sometimes in stuff, no matter how much we like it, there are there are tropes, typical tropes. It's the trope of the big bad or the big bad thing disappearing and then coming back to the like, end. I knew for a fact it was it. Yeah, I, I just thought, I thought it was like, because look, it's a TV show, right? They have limited budget. So I was like, oh, that was an easy way to get rid of them. I was like, I wasn't sure if we were going to see them again, but I liked that I didn't expect them to come back because when they did, I was like, oh yeah, let's go. So I, I enjoyed this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes when he fights the, when he fights the a dark trooper. I see. I'm kind of with Jacob on that. I, I immediately thought, oh, they're done that it, it was more of like a bit of fan service like like oh look we made dark troopers canon and, yeah, and they showed it. us one fight yeah. yeah and so like that would be the end of it just kind of like a cool little like hey here are some cool badass things and that was it i never crossed my mind <laughs> that they got back go ahead yeah, I, I i loved i loved that when you know, he sticks that thing in the door and he's trying to close the door and they get closed and the dark trooper puts his arms through and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and, and it's close up of his face. Yeah, oh. it's just him up against like 25 of these troopers. And luckily just one of them squeezes through, which makes sense. Totally makes sense. 
But then he throws that first punch and Din goes like flying, <laughs> yeah. like just absolutely flying across the hallway. I was like, oh, like, how is he going to get out of this? Like, there's no there's no way he can get out of this. There's there's absolutely no way he can get out of this. And then we finally get to see the spear uh, and he uses it. And in the proper fashion, he gets up underneath the helmet, um, you know, up against a weak spot, which totally makes sense. But yeah, the blaster had no effect on the armor. The flamethrower had no effect. Um, the whistling birds. They, they didn't do a sink like they didn't even blow up they just they were like complete duds it was like that iron man 2 scene it's with like, the ex-wife where the where he shoots the rocket and it doesn't do anything like, like it was made that's from what the did in this episode that's essentially <laughs> what they did um but yeah i mean it was a total it, it was for me like i had said i expected them to come back because it just made it feel too easy if that was the way that they were going to go they needed something to to stop them from getting what they wanted. It, it, it would have been way too easy if that was just like pull of a button and they're yeah. all like it is. It, and also adding to the fact that they're third generation, they could have had flight abilities that they're droids. It makes you know, sense. Atmosphere doesn't affect them out in space. Yeah. And so I, in my mind is just running like, Oh, they're going to come back. They're going to come at least maybe one or two of them is going to come back. Maybe not all of them, <laughs> but at least one or two of them would possibly come back. It's funny. Um, I only thought there was like 10 of them and there was more. There was like 30. We we talked about this when we reviewed that episode, Brian, you were like, Oh yeah, there's probably like 10. I'm like, I thought maybe 10. There's like a a highway of them. There's a platoon of them. I thought maybe 10 to 12. And then I was like, when this happened, I went, Oh shit. There was (laughs) more than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. It was, I, (laughs) when it's just punching him in the head, I'm like, Oh my God! Is his mask gonna get? Yeah, that was cool. Well, and that's again to, to the Pierre Beskar, and yeah, it, it's lived up to the hype so far. I mean, you're getting pummeled by a droid, who knows how much you know velocity is coming from that arm, and instead of it, your mask, you're you're literally being pushed back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and see, this was the first, and we'll talk about it later. This to me, when everything was happening, was kind of the first indication. I was like. Mm, I don't think their armor is made out of best pure Beskar. Maybe I don't think it's pure Beskar either. Yeah. Maybe just normal Beskar or whatever the equivalent to it is. Because there was a couple times when I was like, mm, I don't think Beskar, pure Beskar would affect that. Plus, with the way you know who was slicing through them, it wouldn't have been that easy. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so this this was the first time that I went like. Mm, okay, maybe they're not pure Beskar. Um, yeah, when he stabs it through the neck, that was brutal. Uh, he knows how to work that freaking spear. That's for damn sure. That was dope. Uh, I think that's our our new replacement for the rifle. Yeah, is the is that spear? The spear. So, man, they're gonna release a hot play with the spear, Jake. What are you gonna do, man? By the spear, <laughs> so there might, the there might be another hot toy from this episode I might get instead. That's a good point that we'll talk about. So, um, uh, did at this point had Gina Carano had that horrible scene where she's like, My gun's jammed, yeah, and she goes dank ferric and she does like, and it's just like, That's what I'm saying. So, yes, it, this was coinciding as soon as Din destroyed the trooper, that's when uh, that scene had happened. They took the bridge. Yeah. Um, and then cause they kind of disappear for a little bit. Cause cause the four ladies are just on the bridge kind of handling the bridge. Which Them fighting off the stormtroopers was dope. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally, totally agree. But yeah, I, 
that whole sequence that happened, um, that's what I was talking about earlier with, with Gina Carano. Shh, the way she delivers the lines are awful. Like, it's so bad and it feels so like as a viewer, I'm awkward. I couldn't even imagine what someone like Ming, uh, Ming-Na Wen and Katie Sackhoff are thinking when this is happening. Cause they're really like classically trained actors. Um, when she's delivering these lines so badly, it comes off to me. I was like, Ooh, well, ee. they gave her bad lines too. Like that. They, they felt those lines. She gave her no lines. Felt like forced. Oh, star Wars. Let's make up some star Wars references words, you know, they gave her those lines, which they would have sound weird if any of the characters were saying them, to be honest. Also, the, it also kind of felt like, a, all right, we need to find, sneak a dank ferric in here somewhere. Yeah, but they honestly, they're, I felt like that for her this whole season, to be honest. Because in the other episode that she was in primarily, she had a bunch of like cheesy one-liners as well. And I don't know, like last season, she was amazing in that first episode, like for as far as our expectations were. But who knows? I mean, we know she's not a great actress. So. I loved the scene where they are running on the walkway and it's just the two of them. And then um, the Mandalorian ones come up behind and just start from behind. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like, anytime they fly, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like they, they oh, God, it was so cool. I actually, to be completely honest, and I'm not just saying this because of her, I honestly thought that Gina Carano might die. I, I was hoping she and, would. I, I wanted I wanted like um, stakes. Like I wanted stakes. I, I thought with I truly and I'm not saying this just because of her, it's her. I I thought the the gun jamming was going to be a, a red herring and that she, she would go to shoot and it would jam again and someone would kill her. So I, when she did it and it started working, I was like, oh, okay. But I, I kind of expecting I, her to turn. Yeah. I mean, I just, I figured that someone would die. And so when I heard the, oh, the gun's jammed, I went, mm, there's the one. So yeah, Chuck, that basically was what I was. They fly now? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Um, okay, we got one more super chat here. Samir stepped in uh, with Samir. the donation. Thank you so much, Samir. Drip, I can't drip. believe they did it. I wanted it. I wished for it. I prayed for it. But hell no, nah, did I think they actually do it? Wow. <laughs> hashtag ignite the green. That's actually a really good hashtag, Samir. It's, it's been really going good. around. That's a it's a that's a dope ash hashtag. Um, I feel the same good. exact way as he does. I I did not think they would do it, but we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, I yeah we'll yeah we'll definitely talk about it. Okay, so um yeah so at this point uh the ladies are on the bridge. We got the crew on the bridge with Bo-Katan. Uh, we have Costco Reese. We have Cardoon. We have Fennec. They're, they're kind of taking over the bridge, uh, waiting for things to happen. And we're kind of following Din as he goes through the ship. And as soon as he takes care of the Dark Saber, or not the Dark Saber, as soon as he takes care of the Dark Troopers, excuse me, um, he's going to look for a Grogu. He's going to find his his little buddy, his 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 kiddo. And he opens the, the doors, and we see this. We see Moff Gideon holding the Dark Saber over Grogu as he is in shackles. Um, his, his little his little tiny shackles the poor kid looks miserable um but look look out look at this guy he's holding a lightsaber over kid's head like come on dude come on um but look th there's a very interesting conversation that happens between the two of them because dan at this point is told like look you know the the all of these things are happening around him whether it's you know 
uh, Mandalore or, you know, getting Beskar or just all of this stuff is happening. But all he wants is Grogu. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about anything else. He'll let Moff Gideon go. Um, he doesn't care about anything at this point. He doesn't care about the Darksaber. He doesn't care. He All he wants is Grogu. Um, he wants the child. And, you know, to what Giancarlo Esposito can do as an actor, he persuades him, oh, yeah, sure. I, I've gotten what I need from the kid. I, I took his blood. I, that's all I wanted from the kid. Take, take the kid. Take the kid. The second he turns his back, oh, baby, does it go down. My goodness, we get the Darksaber versus the Beskar Spear. We get some chaos. We get the, the, the duel that has been teased for weeks and months um, between Moff Gideon and Din. And boy, did it live up to the hype. Um, because we see this really, really cool battle between the two of them. Um, where Moff Gideon, he looks like just a guy. Like very much Kylo Ren-esque where he's just full on just swinging the saber. No real purpose, just full on just attacking. Like, no real strategy, just going after him. And at first, Din's using all of his armor to block, right? His forearms, his chest, his shoulders. And then he pulls the, the Beskar spear out. And I don't know about you guys, but I would have loved to have seen been in a theater when he pulled that spear out and feel the crowd just erupt. Yeah. And that spear comes out. Um, that's like a movie moment right there. That's a full-on oh, yeah. movie moment. Um, but, you know, they're fighting, they're doing their thing. And then uh, Din disarms him, which... At that point, and I don't know how you guys felt about it or what you guys were thinking, it never crossed my mind what that actually meant until yeah. later on. And we'll talk I about it. You guys so, would, so, no, like I thought you guys would be thinking about it as it was happening. So I, I was so focused on on the fight and the fact that that just happened. It didn't come to mind until this next scene, which we'll talk about. But as far as the fight goes, the, the one that's been talked about for so long, the Darksaber versus the Beskar Spear, Geo, thoughts? Uh, I was actually impressed with uh, what how Moff Gideon was able to move with the dark uh, saber. Um, it turned out to be a very good fight. Um, I, I have a question though. So Baby Yoda or Grogu, sorry, his uh, do those cuffs like are they force inhibitors? Is like, no, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Are, are they, like, jackals? Oh, I hope not because so, do, do we, <laughs> is there anything in canon that inhibits the force? Yeah, so he can't use the force. I mean, there is the Mandalorians have certain things, but mm -hmm. I don't. I just mm. think he was still pooped out from when he was throwing the stormtroopers. Well, but remember, remember in multiple times in the prequels, like for example, when Obi Wan was on, um, when he was on Geonosis, Count Dooku had him locked up in a uh, uh, a prison, essentially being held by stuff. The ray shield. Yeah, the ra okay. a version of the ray shields where they cut, and it, he had cuffs around so him that shield. were like light cuffs. Okay. So, Maybe maybe, maybe it just blocks them from using their hands in a certain way. But at this point, I mean, it's just like kind of like a suspend your disbelief or your belief sure. in a way. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we've seen versions of this before. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was really impressed. I mean, by that point, uh, Mando is out of all of his weapons, right? He didn't have the flamethrower. He didn't have those Iron Man tech bullets. Um, because he, and he, threw his, he threw his blaster away. You're he right. Threw his blaster away. So at that point, he just had his uh, his armor and his uh, spear. And to your point, Jake and everyone else who thought I didn't even know that the dark saber thing was a thing, which we'll talk about. Um, so that completely threw me off guard. That's that is 
that probably that moment probably just set up the entire next season. Um, yeah, Brian series, honestly, <laughs> I finally know why Giancarlo Esposito said he broke three of those dark sabers. <laughs> Dude, he's swinging like a maniac. Like yeah, an absolute maniac. He was going for the kill, and oh god, this scene was so good. So get one of one of the best lightsaber scenes personally. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, I mean, yes, it wasn't lightsaber v lightsaber, but that's that shit was awesome. <laughs> like it was it was good. So, yeah, I was just going to say to add to your point about it being awesome. Did anybody catch when Din kicked his spear over him? Oh yeah, he was doing some crazy crap. So he had it, and and Moff Gideon had had like knocked it with a saber, and so it was behind him. So he kicked his foot, and it came around him. <laughs> like, oh, dude, I gotta watch it in slow motion. But he, he he's got some skills. Yeah, I need to watch this episode like five more times. I've only watched it <laughs> once. I thought he was gonna like javelin spear him, not kill him, but like maybe like throw his shoulder or something. Some weak, some crazy wild trick. Uh, yeah, it Gideon, like, I was like, yeah, this character seems cool. This episode made me like really like Gideon a lot as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that fight scene was wild, wild. Jacob. Yeah, I I loved it, man. It was that's what I was looking forward to the most of what we knew what was coming. Uh, the fight between you know Din and Moff Gideon cuz other than the season finale of last year, Moff Gideon is like making cameos here and there in each episode and I want to see him talk and seeing him talk prior to that fight was amazing and he's such a manipulator. He planned the whole thing as far as what the dark saber fight was and meant that was his one of his plans he had plan a kill them and get out of here take the child you know pl- plan d was like force din no let not let din beat me but when din beats me he doesn't know what this is this means when he's here with bokatan so i was like oh my goodness this this guy and i'm so glad he's not dead because I, I love him, honestly. And we know we loved him as a performer, but I love this character. And that fight was cool. I remember, or do you guys remember last week I was asking, what do you think his fighting capabilities capabilities are going to be? And he was able to go toe-to-toe with Mando, like with, with Darksaber, but he wasn't super trained, like, like easily taking Mando out or anything like that. So I, I think he's like very capable, but not like a super trained uh, swordsman or fighter or anything like that, but he's also old too. Like he, I mean, he's rough. He's a lot older than Din is, so who knows what his younger days were like? But I, I thought the fight, you know, it it was good. It was really good. Yeah, it's it's. We don't know at this point how long he's had the dark saber, like years wise, and I'm sure we'll find that out soon with maybe flashbacks of how Bo lost it um, to him or how he took it. Uh, but yeah, it's it. It seems like he has a little bit of training, training, excuse me. Um, but it also seems like he doesn't account for his training, that he kind of just like, like uh, I think Chuck had said it, or no, Sam- Samira had said it, I think. Uh, just go for it. Just just go for it. Absolutely go for it. 
um, you know, no holding back. Uh, and if you want what you want as a villain, um, and we've seen it with multiple villains in Star Wars where you kind of just, you, you forget about it and you learned or what you're supposed to be doing. You just go absolute ham. Well, it's also uh, people who aren't properly trained with lightsabers kind of like Ray kind of fought like that at first, you know, just swinging it mm -hmm. in a way. And she wasn't trained with one. Brian, you had something? Uh, mm, just come to me in the next part. Yeah, so uh, we, we move forward here after uh, Din disarms uh, Gideon. We see, and I don't have an image for it. I forgot to grab this specific image, but we see a really cool scene of the doors opening to the to the bridge. And Din has his spear on his back. He's got Grogu in his arm, and he's holding a Darksaber in one arm um, with it actually on. Uh, and it, it has massive implications from this scene. Uh, Gideon, Gideon essentially has a voiceover talking about the rules of the Darksaber um, and what has happened. And essentially what's happening here is that uh, the Darksaber has a story, it has a purpose, and it has to be won in combat. It can't be handed off. It can't be uh, given. It can't be passed down. It has to be won in combat. And by Din disarming... This is very much like the Harry, a Harry Potter thing with with the with the what's the name of the wand, Elder Wand. Um, with Din disarming Gideon in that fight, the dark saber is now his. It is now his uh, going forward. And Bo, being the essentially the historian, the one who believes in this purpose, um, doesn't accept it. Does not accept it while Gideon is talking to her, saying, you know, without the dark saber, she's a pretender to the throne. All of these great words and Gideon being used perfectly again. Giancarlo Esposito absolutely destroying the, the, the role and his performance. Um, but this has massive implications. And Din doing what he wants, like, I don't want this. Like, I, I yield. Like, I'll give it to you. Like, it's yours. But Bo is not going to take it because it has to be really like that. He was literally like, here, let's fight. Okay, yeah, I yield. Here you go. <laughs> um, so let, let's just talk about this because this is this is big time, guys. Um, Brian, go ahead. You start. start on this one. Um, one thing that immediately I thought of is if this is being taught, told between, I do it on purpose sometimes just cause it's like, look at this name, look at this name, look at this name, Brian. Um, one, the thing that I immediately thought of is if Gideon knows this history so well, and he knows that um, Bo-Katan is going to, like, be on that. Like, it has to be like that. To me, he had to have beaten her in combat to take it from her. Yes. Because, because at this, like, we've been th thinking maybe he did some shady, whatever. Someone took it or whatever from him. I, he had to have beaten her at some point. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of confirmed her confirmed that to me which makes it even more interesting how like she lost i can imagine like can you imagine the fight and like we're gonna I, see that in a flashback uh, yeah i could just we're, we're gonna see that katie sackoff like lose the fight or something yeah. where he disarms her and her like screaming like and being yeah. dragged off like yeah. oh my god that would be amazing but um yeah so i that I think it put a nail in the coffin that he did anything but beat her in hand-to-hand -hand co combat, essentially. 
whether or not there was some type of like external um, circumstance yeah. going on that made her lose the duel and she considers it not a fair one. I don't know. But um, that's that was the thing I caught the most out of it. I was like, oh, okay, so that means that they actually fought at some point. Because it's not like she's just going to give it up. He was he was absolutely taunting her the entire time. Oh yeah, and, and it was it was not just like a like a bad guy versus uh, another character taunt, but it you could tell that there was full on history between the two of them. Yeah, like, she could, looked like she was going to break. Like you could feel oh, it pissed. through the screen as yeah. soon as she saw him walk in with the dark yes. saber yeah. and having Moff Gideon, she was pissed. Look at her. She she is not happy. She is absolutely. I mean, the dark saber literally earlier in the episode. She says, "I don't care what happens to him, but he has to surrender to me." Yes, yeah. and that and and I'm I'm upset with myself that I didn't recognize that <laughs> because that's a big deal. It sets up a lot of stuff going forward. Possibly a a, a duel between Bo and Din because right now Din is the ruler of Mandalore. He is the ruler of Mandalore. That he has that right with the dark saber. Um, you think that. I know this is like really possibly far-fetched, but like I feel like she isn't going to lose a duel for the Darksaber twice and live. Like if I like she the type she reminds me of the type of character that has like that annoying pride where it's like I'd rather die than lose the duel lose the a duel twice. Could man. So I I agree. I will say though that has been the character from the very beginning. Ever since we've met her, there could be a there could be a chance where we see her actually fall in line rather than rule. Oh, she. They're not gonna fight for. They're they're not gonna fight for the saber. Din won't fight her. He'll. Then she might betray his ass. And he won't. Yeah, fight her. If she tries to fight him, he's just gonna stand there and and let her beat him. I my opinion. Yeah. It's a big question. Um, I know that we have to we have to talk about uh this real quick because this plays a big deal. Um in Star Wars Rebels, uh Sabine gave the Darksaber to That's what I was wondering too. Mokatan. So this isn't clarified. Um, this isn't answered. We don't really have an answer at this point. I know that very similar to the helmet rule in season one, I guarantee you there's an answer that just hasn't been revealed yet. Did she give it or return it? She gave it. Bo-Katan had never, she had never gotten the dark saber. Um, but here's, here's what my exclamation, my ex explanation might be um, in rebels. Sabine didn't win the dark saber in combat. She found it mm-hmm. in Maul's cave. So yeah. Sabine never actually had a right to the dark saber, which means neither did Bo-Katan. What if she actually never even used the dark saber and Gideon stole the dark saber? But then that would mean he's not the rightful ruler, which Din beating him would maybe he's right maybe he's ruler. not the rightful ruler and he knew that, but he was just holding on to the dark saber. Like, what if Katie Sackoff because or not Katie Sackoff? What, what if Bo-Katan? Um, because at this point we know from the character in the Mandalorian, she is so hung up on this culture of you have to win the dark saber by combat. You have to win the Darksaber by combat. I don't necessarily know if 
Gideon and Bo actually fought. I think that Gideon might have stole it and the Darksaber was like put somewhere, held off, and that he doesn't act as, as the ruler of Mandalore, but he's just taking the Darksaber for his. Like, because because he's not a Mandalorian. He doesn't have to live by those rules. He doesn't have to live by those rules. He can just take it as he wills, similar to what Maul did. But Even then why Maul, would Din beating him make Din the, the ruler now? Because he knows that Shu will follow the Maybe rule. it was a ploy by Gideon to say yeah. that in front of Bo-Katan well, to trigger it. Darth Maul beat the previous owner, right? He beat pre Vizsla, so he, technically he was the ruler. He lived so, by that yeah, rule. So technically Darth Maul would still be the, if that's true. It, and, but, and, that, and look, we and yeah. we don't know what happened in all this time. Yes. Bring back bottom half Maul. Yes. <laughs> we don't, we don't oh, know at this point what had happened because we learned about five years before Rogue One or so in that time range, that's when Bo-Katan was given the saber. And this is now 20, this, this is probably about 10 to 15 years after that. We don't know what happened between that time. Dave Filoni will explain it. So they and don't it, have to fight? Well, Bo-Katan and Din have to, but we don't know if Bo-Katan and Gideon did. We don't know how Gideon got the saber. We don't know how he got it. It's never been said. It never flat out said, yes, I beat you for the saber. He could have easily just stole it as much as he could have won it. Damn. Or maybe maybe the Mandalorians in their flee from the planet, they left the Darksaber and he just took it as his prize. Yeah, I think uh, we'll find out. I think Dave Filoni will explain it honestly in an interview or something. I think it's very much I think it's very much like the helmet rule in season one where it'll be explained next season. It'll come back around. Yeah, I've I've come. If one thing I've learned at this point is to stop thinking that they left out a plot hole because clearly they're going to do it and they're yeah. they're going to like explain it to the point well, where they answered it with the Ahsoka thing. Like we assumed that the end of Rebels was like right after it. It wasn't, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Let's uh let let's let's stop putting off the inevitable inevitable here. Let's just talk about it, guys. And I'm gonna go through a bunch of screenshots as I as I tell what's happening in the rest of the episode. So at this point, the entire crew is on the bridge of the light cruiser. Um, and we learn that um some non-life forms have boarded the ship. The dark troopers are officially back. We see them back on the ship. They have come back. Um yeah, she has how many life forms? None. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and so we see them lining up against the door, and they're banging on the door, and we see the crew getting ready to fight. And then, out of nowhere, we see an X-Wing fly Oh, my God. We see an X-Wing fly in, coming in, screaming in, coming in the hangar. Uh, Costco's, or Bo-Katan's like, uh, reveal yourself. Who are you? No response. And then the very next shot is Grogu. Kind of perks up a little bit. Kind of perks up a little bit. So now, at this point, we're all freaking out. Okay, we're we're all losing our mind. Like, oh my god, who is this character? What is happening right now? This is where I had to pause it. So, okay, I want to ask you guys before I reveal what's happening next, and everybody obviously already knows. When you saw the X Wing, what was the first thing that popped in your mind, Geo? Oh, sorry, so Ahsoka. Okay, in, that, I mean, that's not a bad call. Not a bad call, Brian. I, I went immediately to holy crap! It's Luke's X Wing, Jacob. My very, very first thought was that uh, X-Wing pilot officer, the one that's been reoccurring. But then, oh. like, one second later, I was like, oh, my God, it's Luke. 
and I, I couldn't believe it. My my first thought was Luke and classic Jake Berlin, but the tip was the music. The music changed. Uh, mm. If you go back and watch the episode, the music changed. Oh yeah, it did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guys, I lost my shit. I I woke up. I I, I woke Gabby up from a scream because I couldn't hold it in. Um, I was full on freaking out in this moment because <laughs> some of the next stuff that we see, and I'm gonna run through these images, guys, because it's it's incredible. We see a green saber. And we see Luke motherfucking Skywalker <laughs> wrecking down some fucking dark troopers in absolute incredible oh. fashion. We see Grogu watching over the screen and feeling him through the force. We see him come to bridge. And then we get the reveal that it is actually a de-aged Mark Hamill playing Luke motherfucking Skywalker. And then some cool moments here. This is the, I'm going to run through these images. We have you're this band with how many MFs you drop for Luke Skywalker. I, I, we have, we have the profanity profanity available on the stream. There you go. Um, but yes, this, this is towards the end of the episode too. I'm going to run through these. That way we can talk about it all. Uh, Din reveals himself to Grogu. Um, and Luke essentially tells Din, he's asking for your permission. Um, and then we get this cute little scene, R2D2 back beeping along. Um, and then we get Luke handling Grogu as they walk off into the distance uh, with a teary-eyed Din watching from afar. And the episode ends with this incredible shot of R2, Luke, and Grogu in the elevator going down. Oh, my goodness. Thoughts, <laughs> um, everybody? Because Luke, mother effing Skywalker, uh, wrecked shop against some dark troopers. Gio, did you watch it today? Yes, just a couple hours ago. Yeah. Was that really Mark Hamill? I, I read the article. Mark that Hamill wasn't. played Luke. Yep. Are you sure? Yep. Yeah. He said he he literally went on Twitter and said, "Did anything happen today?" And he was his name was in the credits. So well. I think somebody did the action stuff though. Somebody else did. Uh, that was Facebook. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like seventy yeah. something. Yeah, it was actually him at the end though. Hmm. They couldn't get Sebastian Stan to play uh, Luke. Well, and my reasoning why is because I don't think we'll ever see Luke again. No, I there's no we'll why see cast, him again. Why cast an actor? No. Why cast an actor if we're never gonna see him again? They knew that they could get away with just this much Luke. Like it wasn't enough that people were going to rebel and protest and like people that you have people that are pissed off and annoyed like oh it looks crappy blah, 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 blah. but like that's the most you're gonna get from this like it's not gonna be like it's ruined the series is over we this can't. is not ruined look at this this I is know. not ruined it's literally the darth vader scene in reverse yeah, with bro, this, this scene right here where the hallway scene this scene yes Dude, yeah. hallway scenes are the new Star Wars trope. It, it used to be like <laughs> cut off hands. Yeah. Now it's hallway. So, I actually, I actually saw on Twitter someone actually did uh, combined screenshots. There's multiple moments of identical stuff, like where where Luke squeezes the droid. Vader does that to a, a rebel uh, officer in Rogue One. Yeah, he does that? I'm getting chills right now. And slashed. I yeah, would... I mean, look, guys. Uh, logically, let's talk about this for a second because there's a, there's a lot to dissect with this moment here. Um, if you think about the Star Wars timeline at this moment in time, you think about where we are at Star Wars, the only logical choice is Luke Skywalker. There's no other choice. You, we can talk about Ezra. We can talk about uh, someone else appearing. Like, like an Ahsoka. Ahsoka could have easily appeared. 
But after what happened in her episode, she has no connection to Grogu. It, that that connection is kind of gone. She doesn't want to train him anymore. Well, yeah, she wouldn't Luke, like send him to reach out to a Jedi and then he reaches out to her. It wouldn't make sense. Luke is the only Jedi at this point that could have shown up. Yeah, because so all of you out there who were saying, Luke, it doesn't make sense that he showed up. Like, why would he show up in this episode? Like, you don't need Luke Skywalker. We just it, didn't make it, it makes happen. it makes the most absolute sense out of anything for him to show up. Yeah, it makes the most sense, but like, in that my thing was, yes, it makes the most sense, but they're never going to do that. There's they there there there's no way that the balls on Disney are big enough to do that. And they went, oh yes, so they are. And I went, yeah. John Favreau's like, I'm going to go for the jugular, and you're going to fucking like it. Yeah. Whoa. Do you realize all the characters that we name the Grey Jedi in eight episodes? Bo Katan. Yeah. Luke Skywalker. Ahsoka. (laughs) Boba Fett. Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. They went all out for season two. (laughs) I mean, one of those alone. Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. It was in. Yeah, exactly. That's what we wanted from in The Last Jedi. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth, Jacob. And I don't care that they didn't show his face during the action scene. We know that was Luke Skywalker. And Jedi's fight with their hoods. That yeah. We've seen it happen before. And we got the green lightsaber. The green. Yes. And the you saw the black glove? We saw the black glove. Yes. You knew, that's okay. So right when the X-wing pulled into the thing, that's when I paused it, and I was like, I had to like mentally prepare myself. I, I couldn't believe what was happening, man. Like I, it's crazy. I I never I, thought we would see this. I don't think I've ever sworn and screamed at a TV so much as it did. Kevin, I, I want to know why you, you're not happy about it. Interesting. I want to know. Well, I, I think probably maybe because I don't. It kind of stole the thunder, you know, from you know everyone else. Did it? Did it really? Yeah, it did. It did. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it wasn't awesome. I'm not saying it wasn't. You know, like great to see Luke Skywalker, the Luke Skywalker we wanted to see, but the rest of them just you know weren't doing anything, and it almost was like a. I don't want to say a cop out. You know, it was just like. Oh, okay. Like this. All right. Like he knew exactly where they were and that the shields were down and took them down easily. Like, again, I'm not what we saw was amazing, spectacular. It was awesome. But I mean, come on, at least help open the doors and shoot him from behind, you know, do something. But so I will, I will say this. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said this last week or maybe the week before. Um, I had said that they're that their attempt was going to fail and that the Jedi was going to come save them. It was the only, only thing that could have happened after what we saw from the dark troopers. Oh yeah. They were, uh, they were going up against in, there was no chance once the dark troopers were going to, when they came back, that they were going to win that fight. It, he had to show up. He had to show up. Like they would have lost. They would have all died. Like, like Gideon had said, um, you're all going to die except for myself and the child. He had said that. And then Luke shows up and you see this sense of fear. In, and when, when Bo-Katan had said, a Jedi, everyone's – because you couldn't see their faces. Everyone immediately just like, oh, crap. Like, oh, my God, what is about to happen? Oh, Jedi arrive. 
well, there goes my plan. Exactly. And then he attempts to kill Bogatan. That, that as soon as he sees the Jedi, he tries his way out and on something. He was dead. Wait, who did and, he shoot? Did he shoot Bogatan? He shot Bogatan, but he also I tried thought, to shoot Grogu. I thought he, he tried to shoot Grogu. Did anyone think she was actually dead? I like, I thought there was a slight chance that she was severely injured. Who? Like very badly injured. I couldn't tell. Like it happened so fast. I didn't know if it was Bogatan or or Casca. Um, he I shot. He shot Bogatan. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I would look. I love Casca. Like I think she's awesome. I wish he would have killed somebody in this scene to just show that there was some there was some stake, like you said, Jake. Like that Moff Gideon damaged them permanently somehow. Um she stabbed a stormtrooper and full on stabbed, like not shot who Tosca in one of the like I this is dark. Uh, Din oh. cracked neck with the spear. Yeah, Din Din used the spear against the stormtrooper. Yeah. I gotta watch that again. It's yeah. like so much. Hard <laughs> well, and yeah. the, it's the sound effects that get you, man. You hear like bones cracking and stuff. Oh, John, that's a good point. I mean, shit. Every single character this season was leaked, technically, except for this one. I mean, I would have prefer. I would prefer. Look, if so, here's the thing. Let's talk about the CGI thing here for a sec. They've used the de-aging thing before. Of course, it's not going to look as great in a film as it would in a television show. Or opposite. In yeah. a film. Sorry. Um, if they plan to use Luke, if they plan to use him, they would have cast an actor. We've seen plenty of actors come up in this series that we have no idea were in this. We've seen it before. Because people appear on set and they, they come visit, stuff like that. Especially when it's in something like the volume where it's all hidden from cameras. It's inside a building. It's not outside. Um, if they would have, if they're planning on using Luke, I would have preferred to see Sebastian Stan. This to me screams that's a one-time thing. We will yeah. never ever see Luke Skywalker again in anything. And I also will say this: I really do think that that means we'll never see Grogu again as well. I, think I don't. That, okay. Here's the thing. That sorry, I interrupted you. Finish. I was just gonna say the only thing that would make me change my mind is if that they brought him back at the very end of the series after a time jump. That's the only thing I would want to see. Okay, I think that I I don't know how it would happen, but I still think that there's a chance he might end up with Din. I because there. They made a point to, he's like, we'll be together. I forget what he said. We'll be together he said, again. I'll, I'll see you. He said, I'll see you again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, you don't say that in something like this and not expect some type of. But you also don't make that uh, that goodbye so emotional. And We're then just see back together. Long time. And Luke says. He's very strong, but he needs some training. Luke says something that basically says, like, I he needs to come with me for a while. And then he can later on he can like do his thing. But I think if he doesn't receive training from Luke, I mean, we he could go down the dark side because he's not gonna have anybody to guide him. So I think Luke basically was saying he has to he needs to come with me for now. And then like I agree with Brian though. I do think. When all is said and done, Grogu will be back with Din. It's weird though, because he's gonna outlive him like by a long shot. 
but I, I agree with, I don't think, uh, so Kevin or who was it? Kevin said his fear of, of Grogu. I don't think Grogu stays with Luke for this entire time. Was at Luke's Academy when Kylo invaded it. I don't think any of that's true. Either Grogu ends up back with Din or Grogu goes on to do his own thing somewhere else. Yeah, the, the reasoning I have behind that, and I will back you on this, Jacob, because Favreau and Filoni would not put Grogu with Luke knowing all of his students die. Again, going back to the whole, the whole there's a reason. There is a reason why. Huh? So that's dark AF if they that's did. Like, they, they wouldn't. 20 years, from 20 years away or so? Yeah, but, it, but also it's like, okay, I'm going to – yeah, we're gonna send Grogu off with Luke, knowing that all of his his younglings die. Like Grogu's still don't, gonna be like a kid at like still a baby. He's only gonna be years. seventy years old at that point. He's still gonna be a baby in twenty years. So they're not gonna have Kylo or the Knights of Ren kill a baby. You know. No. So I don't I think didn't see his body on the ground. <laughs> you don't see no body. He ain't dead. No, I, don't this year. I don't even think Grogu was there. Like at that uh-uh. moment. Uh. Uh-uh. I think he I'm went back to Din. Um, I, I I do want to say too because I, I think it was a really brilliant move from Filoni and Favreau to do this because of all the setups that have been happening in this episode so far. Um, we obviously know that at some point, and more than likely, right when we pick back up next season, um, that this is leading to almost a Mandalorian civil war or a Mandalorian war, is what I can say it. Um, you know, Bogotan and, and Din could be at odds, possibly. We also know that the Armorer and the Children of the Watch are out there somewhere. Um, the Mandalorians want to get their planet back. And when this happens, Din can't go into battle holding Grogu in one arm. He can't. As much as we love Grogu, as much as we love the relationship, the father-son, the wolf and the cub relationship between these two characters, he cannot go... He, he can't do this... Well. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian? I need to find out who I am as a Mandalorian with Grogu holding, or he am holding Grogu in one arm. He can't. Yeah, it just it has to happen this way. Like it, it they have to separate at some point for for Din to be able to go do his thing. He's not going to be able to fight the armor or take care of Gideon or do any of this stuff while all he's trying to do is watch Grogu. And so it makes sense to me that this is happening because now. First of all, I have no effing idea where the story is going to go. There are the possibilities are so endless with Grogu out of the picture. For now, you can literally do anything. You can literally do anything because it's not focused on Grogu. You are literally at episode one again. Like, it's a total restart. It really yeah. is a total restart. Which and, I think is a good segue to what you're. This it's it's going to be very interesting because. And some, someone else made this point. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but I was listening to it. It's a great point. Grogu to Din was very much that balancing point to him. It was he was Grogu was making Din a very uh, a better person. He was realizing things. Does Din fall back into this fold that he was before? A little bit of a darker fold without Grogu there, and he kind of has to crawl his way out. That's going to be very interesting going forward. No, I don't I think, think so. I think he's changed for good now. Yeah, I think he'll still have his kick-ass action, badass moments, but I don't think um, I don't think he's gonna be as ruthless as like 
just shoot someone to, you know, like kind of like a la Boba Fett types. Yeah, Amanda Warian. Nice, Chuck. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did not expect that crap to happen. That's for sure. Nor did I expect the after credit scene. Yeah. Uh, does anybody else have any thoughts on? Does anybody else have any thoughts hey, on this? Before we hey, hey, Gio, are you serious? I just hey, as soon as the episode ended, it said directed by Peyton Reed. I pushed it back. Okay, Gio, Gio. Okay, hold on, Gio. Gio, hold on. Go look at pull, it. Pull your phone out. What, do you have it on your phone? Yeah, my Samsung Galaxy S20. So uh, put yourself on mute. Put yourself on mute. Go to the very end of the episode. Don't go all the way to the end. But but watch the credits and there's an after credit scene. Oh my god! Yeah, but like I'll, I'll mute you so you can watch it. Yeah, go to like the Take middle of the credit. Off, but do this on camera because I want to see your I want to see your reaction. Um, is, it, is, it Nick, is it Nick Fury? Yes. Yeah. I'll just say real quick I mean, while he's doing that. Um, other than for like disregarding Luke, this was the big huge moment. Was Din unintentionally taking it? Oh, it picks up right where I left off. Okay. So okay, now take your headphones off. Take your headphones off and watch the credits and watch the after credits. It, there's music. a little bit of credits. Fast forward just a little bit. The credits are quite long. Um, but I think this, I don't think Bo Katan and Din are going to fight for the throne of Mandalore because Din doesn't want it. So he's not going to, he's not going to fight her. I think what's going to happen is she's going to have to reluctantly like train him. Like, she's going to force him to be the leader of Mandalore now. And he's going to be like, hell no. And she's going to reluctantly have to guide him. That's what I think. Uh, real quick before I, before I comment on that, Jacob, because I do want to talk about that. Chuck, uh, it wasn't the after credit scene. It was just the last shot of the season. Yeah. There was no. Oh, after scene. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be very interesting. I think, like I said earlier, I do think that there is a big chance that we see this character switch in Bo-Katan because we've never seen that from her. She's always been so hungry for power and kind of like to be the ruler of Mandalore and to to bring Mandalorians back to who they're supposed to be. I do think there's a, there's a chance that Din, that she maybe she trains him or, or maybe she just becomes on his side uh, and they kind of work together and she realizes, um, and Gio's watching it, it's amazing, um, uh, that she realizes like, I can't be power hungry anymore. If the Mandalorians are going to be the Mandalorians again. I have to help him do this. We have to do this together. Yeah. And she'll be like his right hand. That's what I think is going to happen. This is so <laughs> his we'll Let's just sit watch. Let's just sit watch. I had no idea. No <laughs> clue. If we would have started talking about it, he would have been like, what the hell are you guys talking I'm about? I'm so glad I'd we said something about an after credit scene. I know. And not just flat out the very end it's been referenced throughout this episode like since we've been talking love how it ends on a blank slate besides the dark saber situation which i don't think it will be a main arc for the season the show can go anywhere yeah it it we have no clue we have no clue none dom it's such a good point I get and they have gideon too so he's no yeah, longer and a threat. I, yeah and I, i'm interested anyway. to see where that goes because i don't want them to pull the negan card from the walking dead where he kind of becomes an ally at one point i don't want that to happen you did that happen yeah, it happened in The Walking Dead, yeah. I hate that. With some characters, it works, but not like With some characters. But Gideon has done such bad things. He, yeah, he's exactly. not redeemable. He's not redeemable at all. No. Not one bit. Like, I mean, Callus, look, like, look at this. Rebel, it this, him. this guy was holding a Darksaber over little Grogu. Yeah. Yeah. 
And this is like a thing now. Remember when I watched the Loki trailer? Oh. What the fuck was that? <laughs> you missed that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so let's let's get oh, to it. So um, after the credits uh, roll, uh, we, we see a, a, a shot of the twin sons of Tatooine and it pans over to Jabba's palace. Um, it pans over to Jabba's palace and it, obviously at this point we know Jabba's dead. And then we go into Jabba's palace and we look and we see Bib Fortuna, oh a goodness. fat Bib Fortuna on the throne. Um, he is in charge of pot, like the Tatooine huts, I guess you can say. Um, mm. But a very, very enlarged Bib Fortuna is in charge here. Um, and we get a really cool sequence of some blasters. We're thinking, oh, who is this? Who, who, who is this? Uh, and it's Fennec Shan. She's coming down. She's kicking some ass. She's, she's shooting people. She frees a slave. And then right behind her, Boba Fett shows up. Bib Fortuna recognizes um, Boba. Oh my God, I thought you were dead. Um, and Boba doing a Boba thing just shoots him right in the face. Shoots him right in the face. He dead. And then we get this badass shot. Boom! It's Boba. He is officially Boba Hut. Boba Hut has taken the throne. Um, he is possibly now um, in control of Tatooine and the all of the world. Uh, say it yeah. again. Crime world in Tatooine. Yep, like, he is going to be a crime lord. Uh, we are going to get, and right after that, it showed after it went black, it said, The Book of Boba Fett coming December 2021. And I lost my shit again. <laughs> I, okay, oh when this, first, when I, <laughs> I know it's wild, but when people were getting shot and we didn't know who was coming down the stairs, I was like, I swear to God, if, Alden Ironreich comes down as Han Solo. I, I will die. <laughs> Could you imagine that in two in in one episode, Luke and Han? Yeah, I I was like, I will die. Like I, I can't. Been down for that. <laughs> Very I mean, true. True. There was no music. There was nothing. No. So, um, oh, you don't want to see that creature again. Yeah. <laughs> one from special edition. Yeah, I'm just glad the quacking uh, monkey lizard wasn't there. I hate those. And things. I love that Bib Fortuna said McClunky. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just going to go straight into it and this might blow this thing up, but I don't think we get a din story next year. I think the book of Boba is our season three. Yeah. That's what I'm starting to think too. Personally. I'm hmm. so here. Here's what's crazy guys. Technically. This could be the last time we ever see Din. The story technically kind yeah, of wrapped up. It won't do that. See, like I said, and, bittersweet, man. Bittersweet. But a lot of, uh, and to Brian's point, a lot of people have been saying Mando season three is going to come out. And they said it during the Disney panel. They said Mandalorian season three is going to debut in December 2021. There is a very high possibility that we don't see Din for two years and we get a, the Book of Boba next year. Mm -hmm. Was that a misdirection? Maybe they're just, you know. Well, technically, it would still it. be the Mandalorian. Like he is a Mandalorian. You know, like the title, the Book of Boba Fett. That is like a thing where it's like a part of something, but it's uh -huh. like a side story. Uh huh. Well, look so, at how how are all these stories told in chapters, like a book. Yep. We've now gotten into the Book of Boba. They're not going to throw Mandalorian and Book of Boba 
the, at the exact same start. They're not going to both start him in December. There's no way. Why not? There is. There is no way that they, they and th- this is this is exactly what I'm leaning towards. The reason why is because they're setting up Boba as a bad guy. Yeah, they're well, sitting, they're bringing him back well, around. They don't, they don't owe Mandalorian anything anymore. They're gonna he he's gonna be set up as a after the whole Mandalorian war and all that stuff. Bo Katan, Boba Boba is gonna be a bad guy. I how Chuck or excuse me how Kevin put it that is exactly how I'm looking at it. The Mandalorian, yep. the Book of Boba. Well, uh, Jake, to, to your point, I think those ple- those uh, seeds were kind of planted in this episode. You know, um, Cost- Cost- Costa? Costa? Costa. See, I'm, I'm terrible. Costa. Who's to say she's the only one who views uh, Boba Fett that way? Maybe all of the Mandalorians mm-hmm. that she rides with sees him that way. And maybe that pisses him off, you know? You think he's sitting on that throne thinking, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm really attached to him. But there's Mandalorians out there who think I'm, you know, uh, an, an imposter or Okatan doesn't like him either. Uh, a clone. So I think the seeds were definitely planted. Hey, Jake, remember a couple weeks ago when we all we knew about Boba Fett was that he was maybe might have escaped the Sarlacc bit. And now he's the fucking crime lord sitting on Java. <laughs> and here's the crazy thing. So like. Yeah, like he's gonna be the he's gonna be a crime lord. It's gonna be a gangster story. That's that's what they're gonna do. It's gonna be a total gangster style story. Um, who else is on Tatooine that we know of? Cobb Vanth. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Is there a chance we see Dude, yeah. Solo at all? No, no. Because here's the thing. Uh, yes. Here's the thing, though. Uh, is there I, a chance? I will be. I will be a thousand percent honest with you. Before this morning, I would have said no chance. I'm at a 50-50 now because they brought Luke motherfucking Skywalker exactly. back to the Mandalorian. Exactly. Alden Ehrenreich. I, An aged-up yeah. Alden Ehrenreich. I mean, I think you have a better chance of Lando than you maybe. do. Um, Isn't Lando getting his own show? Right? Yeah, it, it's pre. Oh. I think we will see. I think anything's on the table. They they showed us that this season. Yeah, they literally put their nuts on the table and said, "Yeah." So who look? Luke Skywalker coming back at the end of this episode is bigger than Han coming Jay, back for Boba. Yeah, John, John, John Favreau literally goes to Disney executives as he pitches yep. the season. Goes, "I'm gonna unzip my pants. I'm gonna throw my balls <laughs> on the table, and you're gonna like it because yeah. that's how big they are. Because yeah. I just went kaboom to Star yeah. Wars. This is yes. the be- look." This is the best thing to happen to Star Wars in 20 years. Oh, easily. I, this is better in than a very Star long time. I, I will be flat out honest with you. This is better than the sequel trilogy right now. Oh, I, agree. I, I agree. love Ray, Kylo. I love those stories. I love the characters. I love the idea, but the, the execution was terrible. This is Star Wars. Better than this one? is what Star Wars should have been doing. A oh, very that, long time ago. That is well, true. You said you gotta, take, you gotta take Rogue One off table. Better than Rogue One. Rogue One is, mm. is let me let me mm. sit on it and I'll come back. It, it, uh-huh. it might be better for me. Rogue yeah, One. We watched Rogue One. Okay, Rogue One was executed perfectly because they had the, that story was perfectly yep, sewn into. The only reason why I would say no that this is better is because that movie still had behind the scenes issues. 
Yeah. They still had issues behind the scenes. There has been not a single inch of anything wrong with this series. Nothing. Yeah, but what if we're just looking at the end product, like just the movie and just the show, then I mean they brought Luke Skywalker in successfully. Oh, I know, trust me. I, I didn't I didn't say uh, I didn't give my answer. Yeah, the was could have been better. Okay, whatever. If if that's out of the whole entire thing, if that's what I'm gonna like look at. Yeah, you're out. literally re- you're reaching, Geo. You're reaching. On, no, I'll tell you guys what that CGI was terrible, but I don't care. Okay, let me get this, Geo. Was this CGI well, worse than Henry Cavill's mustache? Nothing beats <laughs> Henry Cavill's mustache. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, you had to go mustache. there. Come on. Mustache. <laughs> Cost of getting this moment, I don't care that the de aging was didn't look great. Honestly, like, oh my god, and and that's what I've been saying to people is the joy, the joy factor, and the just the awesomeness of this, the way Star Wars is going. I can just look at that and just be fine with it. I I can totally die right now and be happy. It honestly, him crushing the the dark trooper with his hand is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. Jake, Maybe after the Acolyte or Patty Jake. Jenkins Star Wars. I'll yeah, you want to die now before Ahsoka has her own show? Yeah, before uh, Rogue Squadron. Give, give me a couple years, then I can die. <laughs> I mean, this might be um, the peak, though. Who knows? And and to to what Chuck said, this is very true. Favreau had envisioned doing a yep. Boba series a long time ago. Boba Fett is his favorite character. He said it multiple times. Look, he will direct more of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, to Kevin, real quick. Hold on, Kevin. Book of Bubba. He attempts to take over the syndicate. Maul services defend, kills Bubba. Yeah, Maul, Maul is dead at this point. Yeah. Uh, Maul is dead at this point. Yeah. He died it before New Hope. This is after Return of the Jedi. Um, but that's not to say that we couldn't see someone else uh, who we know of at this time that is alive somewhere that's hidden. We could Kevin, see a lot of characters who are hidden at this point resurface. Kevin, we just don't know where the bottom half of Boba is, so you never know. His Boba lane. or Maul? Maul, sorry. Maul. <laughs> yeah um but no i think anybody who's alive and around at this time is fair game like seriously it oh man i get that there are people that are they were like upset or didn't enjoy Disney it has finally done it guys they, it took them 10 years but they did it they well did it. It, feloni and favreau did it um george yeah george, i mean george did he was on set for a bunch of the stuff um how incredible would it have been if we watched this episode and this was the episode and it popped up as said directed by george lucas i thought that was gonna happen after you mentioned <laughs> how, that yesterday how fucking crazy would that have yeah. been he's the one who brought luke into the fold could you imagine he yeah. he should have damn it <laughs> he should have done it because it's already written he just has to direct it and then this is the last thing he ever directed in star wars it would have been amazing man it, him he's the one to bring back a green saber looks good. Peyton Reed, though, honestly, props to Peyton Reed. Hey, oh no, he did fantastic. Yes, did. Kathleen Kennedy is writing her wrongs. She's doing a good job. I will That's say true. that. If we want to blame her for the bad stuff, we have to reward her for the good stuff. She she is letting her filmmakers and creators do exactly. their job, and it's paying that, off. And that what is exactly what I was going to say. Where her praise comes from is she's finally letting. These people, Filoni and uh, Favreau, who are putting their souls into this stuff, have control over it. And it's amazing. 
And that's what happened with all the other announcements too. Taika, you saw the different Star Wars logo, uh, the Acolyte, um, mm -hmm. Patty Jenkins in, in Rogue Squadron. I mean, all of these creators, because Kathleen Kennedy seems to have Obi Wan, good Obi Wan, you're Deborah Chow and Obi Wan. You're right. Look, after seeing this episode, I cannot wait to see Hayden Christian back as Anakin's coming back. A battle of the scat. What is battle of the it's century? The, re the rematch of the century. Rematch of the century. <laughs> so, Let's Deborah go. Chow's gonna direct all those episodes, right? All Every single. Oh, come on! You gotta have George do a guest. Oh, guest on. direct Stop one it. one episode or one scene. Gio, I I would not be surprised if he kind of has that on set presence like he's been doing with the ones that. I mean, Disney is never gonna just be like. Here, yeah, you can do this. But when you have people like Filoni and um, Favreau, who are kind of like his Padawans in a, in a way, like they're gonna go to him and they're gonna ask questions. Yeah, so like, you're well, Chow, yeah. don't you want him on not to. for a day and ask him questions? You know, you'd be, you'd be a fool not to, honestly. Um, but I, if, if if I could say. Seeing the Boba Fett post-credits actually changed my opinion about a negative I had, which was Stop Boba Fett. Stop you real, real quick. Look how yeah. fucking Boss Fennec looks drinking. Look at that. Dude, she, uh, here's she, the thing that I like. I'm is so she, excited that she's alive. Man, I am so yeah. excited that she's alive. Well, and, Gio, what were you saying? Yeah, Gio. Well, well uh, okay, I'll, I'll go real quick. But, you know, just one of my negatives of the episode was the fact that Boba Fett does something and then he goes away and he's he done. Never seen you know? again, yeah. I was just like, okay, like he should at least be in the if the dark troopers can come back, he can come back too, you know. But uh, now this kind of clears things up a little bit, you know. He clearly had his own plans and yeah. he uh fulfilled his uh you know deal that he was making with uh Mando. So it it man, thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. I to what John said. I have, I mean, we people, including us, were calling for her head, like uh, with, with the sequels and stuff a year ago. Yeah. yeah. If she continues to operate the way things are going right now, oh. I will, I will completely shift what I was saying a year or so ago of saying that, like, I want her gone. If she keeps operating exactly how she's doing, like right now, putting the trust into that. <laughs> yes, um, Tom. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. The, I think, I think honestly, the, the bricks are starting to fall into place. They, they, they have figured out what is working and things seem to be falling into place I, and it, it's only making things so much better for us. I don't it's, know if this will ever, ever be revealed. It, and again, it might not even be true, but do you think there's any possibility that it's finally, finally falling in place because she may be taking some advice from Kevin Feige? I'm sure they're in the same room because he is working on a Star Wars movie. I don't and know. Favreau worked with Marvel. I I don't know so much about Feige. I think she's listening to Filoni and Favreau. I mean, uh, it's it's not Samir. It's not. Um, but well, the thing is, she's all judgment. Head of Lucasfilm. 
You know, like she's not the head of Star Wars. She's the head of Lucasfilm. They make other stuff. They're making the Indiana Jones film. She just needs to be uh, who Alan, the Alan Horn, like Alan Horn runs Disney, all Disney film, but she needs to be like the Alan Horn of Lucasfilm, like just be the producer. That's what she's good at. And then have these filmmakers and creators do their thing. So that's what's going on. And I can't, yeah, I'm excited, man. I, and I Right now, keep doing yeah. things. And that's good. I don't want people talking crap about her all the time and be and want her to lose her job. Like I want her to succeed, so I'm glad. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, dude! I love that picture. That Boba Fett scene. Like I'll tell you guys what. Before this season of Mandalorian, Boba Fett was outside of my top ten favorite characters in Star Wars. By the end of this episode, he shot up to like in my top eight. Like I'm not even kidding. Everything that they introduced from this episode to the or from this season to Wait the end second. of it. Wait, you you're you're giving this big old praise. You go from ten to eight. What? No, no, no. I said he was outside of my top ten before this. Interesting. Before, the top, I don't even know if he was in my top twenty. To be honest, like if you think about it, in the films, what did he do? He has a very I, small presence. Sarju, you're so right. I've never been happier to be wrong. Never yeah. been happier to be wrong. Um, yeah. I, I did say I did say I did say, say that. You're right, compl- look, 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 hold on, hold on. I did say listen. Listen, I did say that the only way that I thought Boba was gonna die is that if they get Grogu back. That was the only thing that I said. I didn't say he was gonna die hundred percent. So there's a little you bit of much, again. I, said, I just said I literally just said. I've never been happier to be wrong. Relax, guys. No, I know. you. I have, that's them you, too. You laid on the tracks pretty much saying that there is no way that anyone other than Din was going to get that slave one. I mean. I think yeah, you're exactly right. right. That's he, was question. Like, he was making like estimation. Like he was uh, making predictions. When we went on another show, he was like. Oh. He, well, during so- Fandalorian, he was making estimation. But all I'm saying is this season alone made me a huge Boba Fett fan when before I wasn't. Yeah, now and he's I, in his Chuck, I need one. I need one. Jake, <laughs> the first uh, eight spots of his ranking is Obi-Wan. It's <laughs> Obi-Wan. It's Obi-Wan's name flipped in different... Oh, no, it's the different versions of Obi-Wan. It's yeah. Obi-Wan from A New Hope, Clone Wars Obi-Wan, <laughs> Rebels <laughs> Obi-Wan. Uh, no, but, uh, but that's crazy. That scene is so badass. When he sits down, like it felt like a gangster... Like just badass gangster scene, <laughs> I love it. Okay, and before because we, we're gonna have to wrap up here very soon, yeah. John. I I really like this point you made. I don't think trilogies work for Star Wars anymore. I really don't. I I think that they're one one off movies, maybe two. See how they go. But if you want to tell a trilogy story, you tell it as a TV series. I'm starting to believe that. It well, it needs to either be played by ear. Meaning you play one expecting it to be one. And if it's good enough to do another one, do another one. But you need to have a plan. This literally, you can sum up the success and failure of Star Wars in the last, what, 15 years off of having a plan and not having a plan. What did they not, what was not successful? The sequel trilogies. Why? There was no freaking plan. What has been successful for Star Wars? The TV show, The Mandalorian, 
Why? Because Filoni and Favreau had a freaking plan. Well, from I, I think we will see a trilogies in the future in Star Wars. We absolutely will. Because if you think about like the MCU, it has worked, right? And there's trilogies within those that whole bigger story. I think we will see trilogies again in Star Wars, but it's not going to be like saga. It's not going to be like the whole Star Wars universe depends on this trilogy. It's like, hey, let's do a trilogy just on this, and then it's done. And so I think we will. I think we'll get both. We'll get TV. We'll get one-offs. Movies. We'll get trilogies. You're getting lightheaded from yelling of excitement. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't see I, the. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I don't see the next upcoming films having any kind of backlash just because of the potential, the filmmakers behind them. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, I don't like the word TV show, TV, uh, streaming. Streaming just for me sounds less less cheap. So streaming series, streaming series uh, yeah, streaming content, that's going to be the future of Star Wars. And I love it. Honestly. I mean, to this, to this point, Samir, you are 100% right because Rogue, Rogue Squadron comes out in 23 and Taika will probably come out in 25, 26. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I do. I mean, in the future, there will be yeah, another. It Star won't Wars happen movie. for the, at least the next, like, we won't have a trilogy for at least like the next six to eight years. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Which is awesome because we get all this time to breathe, digest all this other content. I mean, it, so. the TV, TV aspect is just so perfect for Star Wars at this point just because it's you're allowed it's allowing you to expand on these characters get to know them like them better than trying to fit it in max a two and a half hours little squeeze so i'm um, when you could have eight hours of of a show that just is one long story what, I, who's going to complain to eight eight hours of a great story to the Two and a half hours of a a quick, maybe a little bit more boom bang budget type thing. I'm gonna pick the series every time. I tell you, like as great as it is for us, <laughs> as great as this is for us, the fans, it's a little bit of a bummer for movie theaters. I mean, what for the past five six years you were getting a Star Wars movie like what once every year or something like that. I. I, I think you'll get one every one, one every two years. Sure, yeah. like, but it, it'll be a while. But movie theaters all of a sudden are going to look at their ten year plan. They're going to see like, oh, instead of getting a Star Wars movie every year, or even every other year, it's going to be like two or three years. Maybe I'm fine with that. Look at what happened with Solo and uh, Last Jedi. Too close. It, no, it, no, sure, oh, yeah. Also, also, Geo, to that point. Um, I think Disney, I think they messed up by including their properties too close together. I mean, they, they put they put a lot of their own properties up against one another with the Star Wars and the Marvels and their originals and the Pixars and the animations. And and if you do break it up, you know, you give Star Wars every two years, you sprinkle in the Marvel movies like they have been. Um, it may work out in the long run. Uh, but I, I do think that the change is necessary because it hasn't been working the last five, six years. It just hasn't. Ever since ever since the Force Awakens ended, it has not worked. Nothing has worked um, outside of Rebels. So Rogue uh, One. It, it, well, okay, okay. So everything after Rogue One, excuse me, you're correct. Even though we like some of the movies, the plan, the plan just hasn't been good. That's all. Yeah. It, it, whatever you're doing, keep freaking doing exactly what you're doing. Don't change it. That's what it comes down to. 
Um, okay, so before we wrap up, I do want to uh, highlight our last super chat. This is from Kylie. This came a little while ago, Kylie. Hopefully, you're still here. Uh, and thank you for this. So, who else ordered their Fandalorian <laughs> shirt today? Um, thank you, Kylie. Very, very thank you for that. Big thank you for that. I just got um, mine the other day, so I love it. Um, and again, to everybody watching, we're gonna have another video on right. on Mando season two. Uh, we want to get Keith on. Keith hasn't been able to been on any Fandos, um, and he's watched the whole season. He just works. And so we're going to do a full-on spoiler breakdown of the season, just talking about everything, also previewing what we can possibly – it's going to be an extension of our conversation here. Um, so look out for that in the next week or two. Uh, we have some time coming up, obviously, with the break and holiday stuff that we're going to be able to film it. Um, and obviously, we'll probably do some side videos on a lot of stuff that's possible as well because there's a lot of Star Wars content coming. Um, but for now – this is going to wrap up our our Fando Fridays. The Fandalorian Club is going to be uh, going to be on hiatus until the next time we get a Star Wars series. Mm. Um, we will obviously do uh, some some Star Wars related stuff, but that'll all come from our main show, which happens on Tuesdays and Thursday nights live at uh, at seven thirty. Um, you can join us right here on the channel. Uh, if anything Star Wars pops up, we'll definitely be talking about it. If there's a topic Star Wars related that we want to talk about, we'll definitely be talking about it. So you can join us there. Just hit that subscribe button, guys. Share, comment, do all those cool things for Apocalypse Now here on the channel. Brian? Are we considering Bad Batch Fandalorian? Yes. We did Clone Wars, so why not Bad Batch? Perfect. We'll see you in March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that far away. It, there's a lot of Star and we're getting another series next year, too, with, with Cassie and Andor. So we'll be back for that one. The Fandalorian Club is our Star Wars review show. It's not just for The Mandalorian. Um, it'll be for everything Star Wars for television. So for Andor, Acolyte, all that stuff, uh, we will be doing Fandalorian episodes. Uh, they just go on breaks whenever the shows go on breaks. So um, look out for that. But for now, for the whole crew here of the Fandalorian Club, for Gio, Brian, Jacob, and myself, we are Apocalypse Movies. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. To all of you who have been commenting and, and doing the super chats, we we are so thankful for you guys for hanging out and talking with us. We really appreciate it. We love the interaction. Keep it up on all our other stuff as well. Uh, you can find us all over social media, YouTube, all that stuff at Apocalypse Movies. All of our personal stuff is in the description as well, as well as on audio. These shows, This show and now live on audio if you're much more of an audio listener. So you can check it out there too. Um, but for now, for the Fan Lord Club, we're signing off one last time until March. Uh, and thank you again. May the force be with you. <laughs>